Moving into the barriers, Moods, Mytho, Rog and the Rain Man. Set and underway for Moody on the mic. Second up from the spell, this is Moody on the mic. And didn't we return with a bang on Magic Millions weekend? I'm Roger Aldridge. Joining me as I always do, the man himself, Peter Moody, Anthony Mitten, the resident Rain Man, Tom Hackett. Moods, welcome to you. Back from the sales, first of all. Have you sold any shares in that filly yet? And second of all, <laughs> did you buy any others? Were you allowed to uh, buy no, any others? We had, we had a great sale, uh, Rog. Um, it was a big week up there. I think enjoyed by all. Great race day on Saturday. Uh, you know, some tremendous racing. And, and that sale just continues to go from strength to strength. And, uh, you know, phenomenal how resilient the bloodstock industry has been the last few seasons and just continues to climb uh, with a big smile on Mytho's face being uh, one of the vendors at the sale. But, uh, no, it was a great week. Uh, I think we came home with about eight or ten yearlings collectively between uh, Moody Racing and Wiley Delzeal Bloodstock and uh, and a few other partnerships together. So uh, we, we were very happy and, uh, you know, it uh, concluded uh, successfully for all, I reckon. I think... Uh, Probably the only complaint was maybe some trainers didn't come home with as many horses as they would have liked because the market was so strong. But uh, no, it was a good week. Very enjoyable. How much is left of the filly? And did you made it Rosamond Stud buy into it? <laughs> uh, no, we're still chipping away at the filly. Um, no rush there. We're very happy uh, with uh, the crew to Queen filly that we secured for the stables. And, uh, you know, we paid top dollar. And, uh, you know, in the, in the marketplace that is at the moment to secure the quality a horse like her uh, unfortunately you've got to go beyond budget and uh, we probably did that a couple of times myself and myself and Wiley and uh, Anthony was the beneficiary on one occasion of those we also uh, purchased a Frankel Colt uh, off Rosemont Stud uh, in partnership uh, a bit similar to we did last year uh, with another Frankel Colt of theirs and uh, very happy to have secured him as well so no, it's been a great week very happy it was the favourite number, Rog. It was his favourite number. Little little did I know that uh, Petey and, and Big Balls, Wiley Dalziel, were pretty keen on the Frankel Colt and uh, in they stepped to the ring. First bid, 900,000. Second bid at 950. Bought him. 950. Yeah. So, Mitha, as, as, um, the way you operate, obviously, you buy and sell. So, you're one of the few people who can leave a sale with a break even. Um, did you, did you walk away lighter in the pocket or heavier in the pocket? After uh, actually, I haven't, I haven't done the sums. We were, we were obviously buying buying for our Colt Syndicate, which is um, a collective group of people. So um, the Victorian Alliance trying to um, buy nice Colts that might end up being stallions down here in Victoria at some stage. So um, that that's that's almost a totally separate uh, sort of business plan to selling our yearlings and our client yearlings that grow up on farm. So, um, you know, you, you, you're barracking on both sides of the fence. You're hoping to be able to, you know, nick a, nick a, a yearling colt or two out of the ring. But um, when your own come in, you hope that um, big balls, Wiley and moods turn up and put the hand high in the air and, uh, and, and give you more than you deserve probably. So, um, it was, um, it was pretty exciting stuff actually to have the boys uh, a bit away and, um, you know, good job to Wiley Dalziel. He does an amazing job, and it's a it's a big number to syndicate for a you know a, a, a mums and dads type operator. Um, but he's pulled it together, and uh, I rang him the other day, and I think there's only uh, five or ten percent left. So um, it's a it's a it's a good effort from um, a bloke who's having a red hot go and and getting great success by doing that. 
the most attractive duo at the Magic Millions, undoubtedly Moody and Delzeal, especially when they're pulling 9.50 out of the pocket. But uh, on, on matters uh, much more important than that, Rain Man, your first weekend back on the punt in a month. How did we go? Yeah, it was a bit of a mixed bag. Rog got 11-11 home in that uh, photo finish in the Magic Millions Cup. Didn't have a huge amount of success across the card, but it was good to be back, feel that flow of excitement that comes with uh, backing a winner and uh, even backing a loser sometimes. So it's good to be back. And now we start to we start to build up to the Autumn Carnival now because it comes around very, very quickly, the Autumn Carnival these days. And I think we could be in for uh, an Autumn Carnival for the ages. I've got my fingers crossed that this three-year-old crop are really done to uh, come to the full for this autumn and uh, put on a bit of a show for the punters. Well, as I touched on in the intro, we came back with a bit of a bang on the weekend. Uh, Mitho's best bet was stay gold. We got 111 bucks in the last. Flemington, mine was Isotope, who looked terrific uh, in winning the snippets. And then... That Magic Millions Cup was a blanket finish, but uh, Holyfield, Apache Chase, who ran the place, Chase, who ran the placings at 11-11, as you mentioned, that won the race, Rayman. That was the three horses that you three gave a push to. So uh, that trifecta paid about 1700 bucks as uh, Mitho gives the old head wobble. Well done, uh, fellas. Cool and Gatter uh, won the two-year-old race. Um, moods, do we take away from that? Um, I'm sorry to throw it to you as you light another durry. You're seven eight in the morning. It's only eight thirty. But um, do we take away from from the two year old classic that she she is as good as what we thought she was, or we're we still sort of you know because she was pushed by Russian Conquest uh, at the line there. Yeah, well, I think you saw her in Russian Conquest, the two that we all found, I think, pretty much out of the race, dominated and put a bit of a space on the rest of them. Uh, the Magic Millions traditionally does have a pretty long tail. But those two fillies absolutely dominated. Their, their form was solid. They both went into it unbeaten. And it's probably a shame there's got to be a loser. Um, interesting, you know, both Kieran Maher and J-Mac both suggested that she needs to go away and strengthen a little bit more to be a golden slipper filly. But uh, then on the other hand, uh, throw your finger up and name one that's, that's going to beat her at this point. Uh, and if she gets stronger... Uh, in the next sort of 10 to 12 weeks, you know, something's going to have to jump out of the ground to, to be displacing her as slipper favourite and beating her in a slipper, I would imagine. Um, so, listen, and, and, and the um, Russian Revolution filly is going to be very hard to beat wherever she goes also. So uh, I think they hold the probably one, two slots in the two-year-old ranks at the moment for sure. I've got a bit of a different view. I'm not so sure that the Magic Millions form will will hold up. No, no doubt those two are, are quality horses going forward, but I'm not sure that... It, I think it's a bit flattering, to be perfectly honest. It's a restricted race. Um, they, were the, they were the two best, clearly. They've, they've gone and quinelled it. Colin Gatter was, was, was toughed it out, to be fair. It wasn't... wasn't um, there was no wow factor, I didn't think, in the win. And I reckon that all that two-year-old racing to come in the next month or six weeks moods before Blue Diamonds and, and Golden Slippers will sort the, the wheat out from the chaff and, and we'll see some, some real emerging stars over the, over the next couple of weeks, which is really exciting for, for racing fans. Those two-year-olds really sort of seem to uh, set the scene for the racing season, don't they? So um, I'm looking forward to the next six weeks seeing what does come out of uh, various stables and um, and and light up the tracks uh, over over the next month or so. Right, man. I suppose we shouldn't get too carried away with the golden slipper because it's still cursed. Stay inside yeah, well, another race. 
Yeah, well, I don't think it really matters to be honest. For uh, the the breed, the breeders like um, if they can get a golden slipper on the resume, they're not too worried about winning races after that. But I sort of, uh, I'm probably signing a bit with Mytho here. Kulangata and Russian Conquest, neither of them have have done anything wrong uh, thus far during their racing careers. But they certainly didn't uh, set the clock on fire on Saturday. It was uh, a magic means that rated sort of similar in line. Kulangata's win rated similar in line with Shakiro's win. Uh, last year and then we saw uh, in the sort of six to eight weeks between the magic moons and the golden slipper last year we saw five or six horses come out and uh in those traditional golden slipper lead up runs and sort of go right past shakira who then started the golden slipper at a, at a fairly big price so i i still got it still a four dollar fifty favorite with ladbroke so in the golden slipper so i still think or if she does get to the race, she still will be one of the favourites. But I think uh, I sort of lean with Miss. I think we sort of see in this period in the uh, races like the once well, once we get to the Todman, even races like a long row plate, a skyline can throw up a, a golden super contender. And uh, I hope we see a few a few two year olds uh, put their hands up in the next few weeks. The other horse out of the weekend that I suppose set tongues wagging is is Isotope, who we thought this last year was was headed towards some some good Group One races. Obviously, had some issues. Fantastic on the weekend, Rain Man. Um, and you would think a group one beckons for her. Yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what uh course they plot with Isotope. It was uh, very impressive on the weekend, did it in uh, uh fairly soft fashion, but it's it's uh it's easier said than done winning a group one uh in the in the sprinting rakes. So we've got uh, we've got a lot of good sprinters, so I'd be interested to see what the plan is uh, for Tony Gollum, where he thinks he uh, will be able to jack that group one. Uh, if I was uh, involved in the Golan stable, I'd be having a, a pretty hard look at a, a race like the, the William Reed Stakes at, at the Valley. I think the Valley is a track that consumes a type. I think in recent years, the William Reed hasn't come up as strong as some of these other group ones, like a, a Black Caviar Lightning Stakes, like a TJ Smith. Uh, so and uh, the Golan Stables had success with uh, the William Reed in the, in the past. Uh, Spirit of Boom got his first Group One win uh, in the William Reed. So if I'm uh, in the Golan Stable, I'm lining up that William Reed with Isotope. But it's just good to have a good to have her back and good to have her in winning form because it's good for racing uh, in Queens and have a, another smart horse coming out of the state. Golan Stables had some luck with some Group Ones at the Valley. Full stop. Jonker, of course, uh, won the Manicato. So uh, exactly right. they're going well. Absolutely flying the Golan Stable. We're going to take a break here on Moody on the Mic. A little bit of a different show this week, um, and it's basically because the racing this weekend's not that good. Um, stick around. You'll want to listen anyway. How good is it to be back at the track? And they're racing. And to celebrate, Moody Valley Racing Club has released a new front-runner membership. Check it out. 20 months of membership for the price of just 12. A summer full of night racing and exclusive access to the 2022 Ladbrokes Cox Plate Carnival. You get a complimentary drink and race book at every meeting. Over $400 in added value. And there's lots more. From just $175, it's the best value membership in town. Get your front-runner membership today. Head to thevalley.com.au. Welcome back to Moody on the Mic. Look, as I mentioned, the racing this weekend, me and... Me and Rayman were having a chat on the text last night. And Rayman gives the steer as to which races we're going to talk about. I had a look through and I said, geez, Rayman, there's, there's piss all around this, this weekend. And he agreed, which I wasn't expecting. I thought I would have missed something. Uh, so we you decided. Know, they, still, they, they still pay the same. Yeah, yep. And we'll, there are well, odds. They, they pay the same in the bookies. They don't pay the same in the prize money. But um, we're still going to give best bets, uh, Mitho. There's no doubt about that. Getting the prize got... money or do they just want to get a winner? So you've just taken over. still 100 races on Sunday, Rog. You've just gone rogue and decided that this is your show. Peter Moody's got nothing to do with it. But you'll just sit there and give your views on 
X, Y, Z for the for the amusement of Roger Aldridge. I thought I'd save uh, save you and Moods that arduous task of doing the form that I know you spend so much time uh, each and every week uh, in the lead up to uh, recording this show. So you know, just trying to give you guys a chop out. Rayman agreed, so it wasn't a just my decision. Uh, well, anyway, but, uh, we will I, call I thought it was Moody. I thought it was Moody on the mic. Any consultation with our fearless oh, did leader? You, or... Did you, Mitho? Or did you Moody's the person the who goes every week. Moody. Come on, boys. Let's speed it along. Why do we have to do so many races? That's a boat race. What a, I don't want to talk about the gong. This is terrible. Let's get through it. And now all of a sudden, wants to talk about eight different races. So the four hours I spent last night doing the form has just been totally <laughs> wasted. Like, I, I can't believe this. It's, yeah, I'm with you, Mitho. It's unbelievable. They're just trying to hijack our show. But uh, anyhow, never mind. Listen, let's... There's Mitho's, a couple of matters Mitho's out there. Just, We're going to have a Mitho's chat about. celebrating that you called it our show, as in you and he. He's been angling for this for three <laughs> years. <laughs> uh, okay. What do you William want to talk Pike. about, Rog? What do you William want to talk Pike about? Pike is the big issue in racing at the moment. Of course, he is... Uh, well, we presume he's never officially confirmed it, but he's uh, believed unvaccinated, and therefore he will not be able to ride any of native Western Australia when a mandate comes in there very shortly. Uh, Rayman, you got your hand up? Yeah, well, I think if we just dive straight into him moving to, to Sydney, I, I don't really, I don't want to talk about the actual vaccine issue. We had enough talk about that with the whole Novak Djokovic situation uh, over the past two weeks. But I think William Pike making the move to Sydney, whatever reason he does it for, it's fascinating. I think it's one of the, one of the most interesting uh, storylines of the uh, of the year in racing because we know he's uh, he's been the big fish over there uh, in Perth. He's absolutely dominated for a number of years. Uh, he's had some success in uh, in Melbourne since then as well. Uh, famously, Moods uh, called uh, Pikey a bit of a myth, said he had to take, come to uh, Melbourne a little bit more often after, uh, in Moods' opinion, he slaughtered uh, Regal Power in the Australian Cup and then. Uh, he came out the next week, Pikey, and uh, won the uh, All-Star Mile just to really shove it up moods and uh, has uh, oh, oh, oh. in Melbourne since then. But Sydney, the Sydney Jockeys Room, in my opinion, it's the, the strongest jurisdiction uh, in the country. Uh, you're dealing with some of the best jockeys in the world, uh, some very established jockeys. Um, and William Pike has obviously had the, the Bob Peters connection, the Grand Alana Williams connection as well. I don't think he's had to do a huge amount of... Uh, scraping for rides for lack of a better term well now in in uh, sydney he's got to form some new relationships basically where while there's already a number of established jockeys so it's going to be really interesting to see what quality of rides he gets and then uh, what what he's able to do with those rides so obviously he's a superstar jockey and i i'm really excited to see what exactly he does in sydney and whether he can uh, sort of climb to the top of the jockey ranks there as well Moods, as Rayman mentioned, you had been somewhat critical of, of Pikey in the past as potentially, and, and these are my words, a, a bit of a flat track bully in a, in a way. He does get gifted those Bob Peters horses who, who are the best in WA. But how's he going to go in, in, a, in a jockey room, like Rayman said, that could not just the best in the country, arguably the best in the world? Listen, I, um, I don't think I've been any more critical of Pike than I do any other rider at any time uh, if they make a mistake. Uh, you know, he's a top-class rider, and we, we did see him come to the fore. You know, he won the Guineas on Ole Kirk. He won numerous uh, Group 1s uh, over the last few seasons when he has ventured to Melbourne. But one thing I did say is I think he'd be a much better rider competing against the best on a more regular basis. And I, this is something that we're going to see. Um, you know, the consistency of uh, the jockey's room in Sydney is undoubtedly as good, if not better, than anywhere in the world. And, uh, 
you know, I, I think he's going to hold his own for sure. Um, you know, he forged a great relationship with the Hawks stable uh, in Melbourne since uh, Dwayne Dunn's been off the scene uh, during the carnivals. Uh, you know, he, he can ride light, uh, lighter than a lot of the senior riders. Uh, that's going to stand him in good stead. So, uh, you know, he, he's going to be in the mix for sure. Is he going to be top dog? I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, J-Mac's probably arguably the best rider in the world at the moment, and, and the world is his oyster. Um, and, and the list goes on and on beyond him, doesn't it? But I, th yeah. I think it's exciting. Like Rayman, it's going to be great to see Pike out of his comfort zone and how he is going to measure up. I think he will measure up. But he's still going to need the cattle under him. And like you say, people aren't just going to throw Bowman and McDonald and Berry and... Collett and whoever else. I've Rachel missed, King uh, and yeah, Pete Clark, you know, Nashra Willer, Tim Clark. It's unbelievable. I mean, that, it, it, the, the, the quality mm. of that Sydney jockey room is mm. unbelievable. They won eight of the nine Magic Millions races there last Saturday. Um, mm. And Ryan Maloney, the best jockey in, in Queensland, had to had to get a sit on probably the fastest filly in Queensland and isotope to not make it a, queen, a clean sweep. So, mm. um, I mean, he, he, he wouldn't, I don't think, um, Willie Pike would be going to Sydney and expecting to be top dog. He'd just be hoping for a few bones, hoping to continue his craft. Um, whether or not it's the right thing to do, I, I don't know. I was interested to see Frank Cook, who's a, a very prominent owner up there, um, it lambast the decision. He was very upset that um, you know the the the, the Sydney uh, racing fraternity have done the right thing and kept racing going and and kept it safe and and followed the rules and protocols and 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 now seemingly they're out the door and um, and Willie Pike's in. So um, that's something for Racing New South Wales to sort out and have their own shit fight over. But um, uh, from a from a pure racing point of view, I'm, I'm with you, Rain Man. It's going to be fascinating to see where he slots in and how he rides those tracks. You know, you've got to remember that he's uh, he's going to be um, coming from um, anti-clockwise to clockwise, isn't he? So um, that there in itself is is going to be... I can't really remember Willie Pike riding much in Sydney or riding the other way moods. Is he, I, I, can't, I can't think of his last ride in Sydney. Is anyone, can anyone refresh my memory and tell me of a Perla that he's ridden um, he's, on a Sydney he's track certainly, or Queensland? No, he's, his Eastern Seaboard racing has been largely done in Melbourne. So, right. um, so which that, is the that, same way as Perth. So. That's going to be. Is that going to be a factor? Will that take some adjustment? Uh, you know, he's, he rides those those tracks in Perth, like he's he's been. Well, he has been doing it for years, but uh, um, like he's been doing it his whole life. So um, I, it'll it'll be it'll be interesting um, how long he'll last too. I mean, obviously he's got uh, a, a family coming and friends, and he'll be isolated from all that, and um, it, the spotlight will be on him. Sometimes the the glare becomes too much if he. If he uh, if he trips early, uh, it'll be it'll be pressure on, and and we'll we'll see the the, the test of the man, I suppose. And just One remember, he's he's got no other option. There's nowhere else for him to ride in Australia. So uh, listen, he'll tough it out. Shit, bally headed little bastard. Um, you know what's he going to do? Go home and milk cows? Um, no, he'll be right. Don't worry about it. Get on with the job. He'll earn a good living. Is he going to be top dog? Probably not, but he's going to earn a great living, get great rides because he's a, a proven Group One rider and can ride light. Would you use him, Pete, if you were you were sending a, a couple up there? Yeah, I would not use him. Um, you know, would will There'd I be, be a few in the queue ahead of him? Oh, listen, I don't. I suppose form dictates anything, doesn't it? Um, you know, see how they're riding, see how they're coping. You know, 
he predominantly rides on a handful of tracks in Western Australia. Uh, within uh, an hour of Sydney, he, he's probably got 20 different tracks that he's going to have to acclimatise and, and work it out. But, but great riders overcome that. So, yeah, no, I would not use him for sure. Um, you know, just depended on the circumstances. Well, let's talk horses now because um, very elegant trialling this morning. Uh, she's on her way back. She's headed toward the Apollo Stakes on the 12th of February. Nature Strip trialled on Monday. He'll go to the Lightning and potentially, um, well, we hope Royal Ascot. Um, Ray, man, when you look toward the autumn, what horses uh, are you looking forward to seeing? Is it these established stars or is it some emerging ones that perhaps um, might put their name up in lights over the next few months? Yeah, for me, Rog, it's the, uh, the emerging horses. Uh, obviously, Nature's driven very early and they're outstanding horses. Always looking forward to seeing them as well. But I'm excited about this, this three-year-old crop. Uh, Animo, Home Affairs. We saw Animo go close uh, in a Labrokes Cox play. Uh, he's got so many, the three, the, for the three-year-old uh, middle distance horses, just, there's just so many options for them in the, in the autumn. So he's going to have J- James Cummings and Godolpha have plenty of uh, ways past to follow with Animo and Home Affairs, just the way he won that Coolmore stud stakes down the uh, Flemington Strait. Uh, I'm, I hope we get to see a clash with uh, his uh, stable mate, Nature Strip. Nature Strip got his number in the Everest, but he just looked like a, a sort of different horse down that Flemington Strait. So I hope we both we see them both in the Black Caviar Lightning Stakes. And then there is talk that they could both uh, make the trip over to Royal Ascot, which would be uh, extremely exciting. So no, I'm, I, I always, I love the three-year-olds uh, in the autumn and that's what I'm looking forward to uh, this year. With uh, just going back to the home affairs, like we saw him brilliant in the Coolmore, absolutely outstanding. Um, have we got a little carried away? I'm, I, I don't take this the wrong way. I'm not. Don't want to put a knock on the horse, but have we got a little bit carried away with that one win? Do we need to see him come out and do it again? The the uh, Darley horse of a couple of seasons ago was super down the straight. What was his name? Uh, Bivouac. He's just got Exophia. Bivouac. Bivouac. You know, he, he sort of dominated down the straight, but uh, then back at home in Sydney around the bends and against the older horses, probably quite didn't get the job done. Is that a little bit home affairish? Or I'm not sure. Uh, so we probably need to see him step up. I think the exciting thing is the clash of the likes of uh, Animo and Profondo. Um, I would presume they probably both go to the Randwick Guineas, and uh, and I'm not sure where they go beyond that. So that's you know those sort of clashes are going to be pretty exciting. Uh, going forward also just while we're talking about that that uh that trial um if you're listening on your podcast um we're we're recording this thursday morning that trial's just been run i'll just have a chance to have a look at it on the uh on the iphone down below and um home affairs has won it um from ice bath and maximal uh for the team rosemont uh just going to the line hard held and um oh, very oh, elegant, oh, very, i had very, a dollar uh, one i took a dollar one that maximal would get mentioned in this segment so uh thank well, you Bookie. i'll well, take that collect look i mean i'm just looking at the trial and you go and have a look for yourself Ray man when we're uh finished recording and you oh, tell I'm me i'm a big maximal fan i know i'm excited in this though uh, very elegant's gone very nicely, by the way, in behind them and doing her best work through the line and past the line, which uh, you would expect from her. So um, it's, uh, yeah, home affairs, home affairs for mine, though. He, he's gone on the line very easy, won the trial by about a length. And um, he's a he's he's an excitement machine after what he did on uh, on on Derby Day in the Cornwall. Um, uh, the, the world's his oyster in those sprint races. And, um, yeah, a, a very valuable horse he is. The horse that, I mean, Home Affairs was unreal on that day. Later in the week, we saw a horse called Espiona uh, have her second start in a listed race, and she spanked them by 
six and a half lengths uh, in the desirable stakes. Uh, it left me wanting a lot more. I don't know what her plans are this autumn. Rayman, you probably know more than I would. Uh, she is non for the All-Star Mile. Um, but yeah, she certainly looks to be a very class filly in the Extreme Choice uh, brand is getting stronger. Yeah, she was outstanding uh, in that win on Oaks Day, Rog. I- I'd be surprised if they ended up in an All-Star Mile. I think uh, she's very lightly raised. Chris Waller will sort of uh, plot a path through these uh, fillies races that are plentiful in Sydney during the autumn and uh, maybe end up in maybe even an arrow field or something like that. But, uh, yeah, she's looked like uh, an excitement machine as well. So uh, I think we're... I think we're pretty blessed at the moment. I think there are a lot of exciting, exciting horses. Obviously, we do say that a lot of autumns, then these three-year-olds don't necessarily go on with the job. So, fingers crossed, uh, this this season, this crop, they really do go on and really uh, go toe-to-toe with the other horses because last year's three-year-old crop didn't do that, really. A race like the surround stakes would be the prime goal for a filly like her, 1,400 yeah. group one at Randwick. Uh, and it's probably only about six weeks away, too. Yeah, that, that is shaping as a, as a really good race to surround stake if you look at the potential field for that. When we're talking about exciting horses, I can hear people screaming at their uh, their podcast devices going, hang on, Incentivise is probably the most exciting horse in the country. What the fuck is happening with Incentivise? So um, apparently Moods has got a rough idea of uh, what might be going on with Incentivise. There's been a, a little bit of controversy over the, the off-season, I suppose. He, he's battling some injuries. What, what can you fill us in uh, in their moods? Were you are you going to be training him? Because Rocky Australia said uh, transferred at one stage. Uh, well, the horse travelled back to Queensland and, uh, listen, he, he's had a good spell and a bit of rehabilitation with Steve Tregay up there at Windermere Stud in Toowoomba, where he was born. And a uh, uh, plan of attack is for him to have some precautionary scans again uh, early February, uh, so a couple of weeks away. And uh, then he'll travel back to me here in Victoria. So, listen, it's all been a bit of a media beat-up uh, uh, everything around incentivise, but uh, the horse is doing well. He had a long sustained campaign, uh, probably some 18 months leading into that Melbourne Cup last year, and uh, he's had a good, well-earned break. He had a bit of wear and tear on the body, as you'd expect. Seems to have uh, overcome that nicely, so we'll just check him right over again in a couple of weeks' time. And I would say he won't certainly won't race again before the spring, but he probably comes home in February, probably has a couple of months' work, uh, and then another short let-up uh, pre being aimed at the spring of uh, 22. And I suppose the obvious question, although there might have been an answer as yet, Moods, is, is to what race is your target? Obviously, he hit that 3,200 metres of the Melbourne Cup. Uh, he, it, it took a lot out of him. That was obviously at the end of a long preparation, as you mentioned. But is it, is it all chips in for, say, a, a Cox Plate this year rather than the Melbourne Cup? And his days at, of running at 3,200 metre races, that off the table? I wouldn't no, I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that at all. I think um, you know, he's running the Melbourne Cup at the end of the back end of the campaign was tremendous and took a superstar and very elegant to beat him. So uh, I would suggest that probably a weight for age campaign may be culminating in a in a Melbourne Cup might be a realistic aim. Um, probably a little bit a la very elegant. Not mm. a bad horse to try and emulate. Uh, mm. Spanish you, you wouldn't be wo- you wouldn't be worried about the weight moods for, for what? Well, I suppose the handicapper would dictate what path you take. I, I would suggest you probably, he's had his one crack at a Caulfield Cup and won it. Um, and uh, let's hope uh, the handicappers invite him to run in the Melbourne Cup last year like they did the very, uh, next, oh, this year like they did very elegant last year. there we go. There we go. I knew, I knew it was coming. Months. 
Ooh. He'd been holding Come, on. I was going to throw the line out and see if he'd take it, but he took it anyway. Yeah. yeah. He's cracked. So, the big man's burst. There's your headline for racing.com, Rog, tomorrow. You're beauty. Oh, this this show Moody. just keeps on giving. Keeps on do giving. You, do you disagree? Moody slams handicapper. I can read it now. <laughs> you beauty. Yeah. You don't want another find me, though. Uh, uh, That's yeah, great, no, Peter. No, we're looking for an invitation into the race next year. Uh, this You're year. not getting one now. Oh, well, well, he won't go there then. We're going to start calling oh. you Nick Williams. That's how Fox Plate it is uh, for its Uh All roads to the valley, uh, just like this weekend. Now, Spanish Mission, of course, has, has had one start for your stable after you know, coming in following his third placing in the Melbourne Cup, went round at a very short price favourite and uh, Bossy ruined it for you. We'll get Bossy on this week to discuss that. Um, <laughs> Spanish Mission, we will see in the autumn, though. What, what's the schedule look like for him? Yeah, he's building nicely, Spanish Mission, and, and another forgotten horse in the stable, a horse called Nicker Jack Cave, who we've only seen once in Australia in the last 18 months as well. They're, they're both building nicely into their current preparations and uh, hopefully we'll see... Uh, probably both those horses around Australia Cup time uh, before they head to Sydney for something like the, you know, the BMW or, or, or the likes and possibly even the Sydney Cup campaign. So uh, pleased with uh, Spanish Mission. He's in good order. He's had a little break and seems to have bounced out of the spring well and uh, really looking forward and excited about Nicker Jack Cave also. I think he's uh, an exciting horse. He's had some uh, trials and tribulations since he's been here in Australia and and hasn't had the opportunity to show his wares. And uh, Mitho's just dying to throw in a curveball there somewhere. But uh, not pretty exciting time for those two horses. I was just going to invite Peter. He's had a crack at the handicapper. Did he want to have a crack at the stewards with Nick and Jack Cave? Do you want to tell us what you really think? Uh, no, uh, no, Anthony. I work very closely with racing officialdom and, uh, and will continue to do so over the next few weeks. And hopeful that Nick and Jack Cave as we know, he's never received a clearance to race in Victoria, but I'm hopeful that will come about in the next couple of weeks. Trialed, trialed in New South Wales. He's raced in New South Wales, and you've had to float him up there to get all these certificates done, but um, racing Victoria stewards won't allow him to race in Victoria, Pete. Uh, well, I'm hopeful that they'll pass him this time around and we'll uh, see a nice uh, autumn campaign. Oh, Is the horse version of Willie, Willie Pike, Nick Jack Cave? <laughs> it doesn't have it doesn't come with the right certificate, say Rain Man. A question without notice, uh Moods, genuine one. Um, you spoke about the forgotten horse of the stable, Nickajack Cave. What about Glenn Fittick? Where's Glenn Fittick at? Because at one stage he was the stable star. Uh where is he now on the path back from an injury? He's uh, he's in full work and rolling along nicely. Uh, he's probably about six weeks off trial stage and plan of attack for him is probably Brisbane winter, all being well. Um, so uh, no, he's in good order. He, he sustained a tendon, tendon injury this time last year, which basically ruled him out for over a year now. So uh, hopeful uh, that everything's knitted there nicely. His scans and everything have been positive. He's had a long, slow rehab and uh, pleased to say we've got him back in full work under saddle as we speak. The only push I can give you, really, uh, of the Rosemont crew for the autumn um, is that catching up with John O'Shea at the Gold Coast um, over the week that was Magic Millions, the only horse, the only horse that he wanted to talk about was promise of success. Um, 
he's very, very bullish about this mayor and continues to be so. Um, John was telling the story of, uh, of, of Promise of Success's uh, lack of luck on Melbourne Cup Day, where she stood on an arm out the back when they were pulling a blood, blah, 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 scratched at six to four in the Group 3 race. Uh, and he was telling the story with great frustration on his face. And, uh, and he, he, he said, look, she was just absolute. She was, she was an absolute. And he, and he couldn't quite come out with a word. And his, his, uh, his 12-year-old son sitting at the end of the table who had not said anything all night said, a moral? And I looked at uh, young Peyton and said, you're uh, immoral. She was immoral. And she said, yeah, I even tipped her to my principal. <laughs> she was just going to win that day uh, on Melbourne Cup Day and announce herself as a, as a group class horse. So, uh, punters, you'll get the opportunity to back her to do that in the autumn uh, as she winds her way, hopefully, to uh, the very very top level and maybe a, a, a Cornwall legacy. But uh, that's the optimistic path that we'll take with Promise of Success, who's also trialling this morning. Make every race even more exciting with Ladbrokes Same Race Multi. Ladbrokes has Australia's biggest same race multi offering across thoroughbred greyhound, harness and international racing. Add up to four runners to a same race multi and watch your potential payout increase. Get the download on the download and get the Ladbrokes app today. Ladbroke it! T's and C's apply. See ladrokes.com.au for details. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Best bets time here on Moody on the Mic. Let's kick it off with the right man who needs to go. because two kids to attend to now. And uh, clearly he's welcome to have her first shower in three days or something like that. That's all right, Rog. Uh, heading to my favourite track this weekend, the Valley. Rog, and just before I get to my tip, I'd like to give a shout out to listener of the show, Alistair Dwyer, the general manager of racing at the Valley, who's finishing up at the Valley uh this weekend after a, a six or seven year stint, which included four Winks wins uh, in the Cox Plate. So he's done a great job there, Alistair. Moving to Queensland, he's got a bit of sense. He's moving to Queensland to take up a job with the Gold Coast Suns. So if there's any yeah. man who can get the Suns up and about, it is Alistair Dwyer. So all the best to Al, and I'm looking forward to catching up with him in uh, Queensland. For my best bet, though, Mooney Valley Race 8, number 11 in the boat. You'll be interested in this one, Mytho, because... Mm. Uh, is Nostradamus. This horse is flying. Three wins on the trot for Lindsay Smith. Uh, the Valley suit. So he's right there on the speed with uh, Alana Kelly's claim there from Barrier 5. So uh, I think it'll continue its winning uh, ways. Race 8, number 11, in the boat. Great minds think alike, Rayman. Thanks very much. You can go if you like now, because I was also going to give a shout-out to AD. I'm going to miss me, mate. But uh, he moved to Queensland. Now I've moved back, so he's clearly trying to avoid me. Um, and like you say, if anyone could turn the suns around, it ain't Stewie Jew. It's Alistair Dwyer. Uh, look, my best bet for the weekend is, is is too short to stand on its own. That is race one, number one, unflinching. Uh, so I'm going to have a bit of a double, and they're both from the Friedman camp. So, like I said, race one, number one, unflinching. Small field, impressive winning both career starts to date, including the last start at the Valley. So that ticks a really important box to me when it comes to racing at the Mooney Valley. Should be an easy lead from Barrier 4 in the small field. 1,000 metres, um, like I say, not... Uh, a huge amount I like at the Valley, but the other one, and a Valley specialist as well, is from Friedman Camp, Yulong Command, race five, number two. Again, good gate, ideal trip, important claim for Matthew Cartwright there as well. Uh, I think if you double them together, race one, number one, race five, number two, uh, and Anthony and Sam Friedman double, you should get about five bucks with Ladbrokes. Uh, Mitho, what do you got? You're in form. Stay gold. Are you going to stay in form? Well, I hope so. Uh, it's been a it's been a good start to the year so far for the the team in red. Um, we'll spin a couple around there at the valley on Saturday, um, 
And look, I, I know the punters out there are going to be rolling their eyes and, and hands in head when I say way to go, Paula, is perhaps the best. She's let us down this preparation. But, is she um, going to race closer to speed, Nico? Yeah, she's going to, she's, well, she's come back to 1,200. And I think that's the important thing. The way, just, just her look of her has always suggested that she's a stretchy sort of filly that's going to be better suited out to 1,400 a mile. And we've been seduced by that. And um, I think we've just got to look at her racing pattern. And uh, we've got Dean Lester to have a good look at her, tip her inside out. And he came back with the same result. She's a 1,200-metre horse. Uh, she'll come back to the 1,200 blinkers on Jamie Carr on um, she's good odds she deserves to be good odds because she has been a uh, you know a, a um, money muncher yeah money muncher <laughs> yeah yeah she hasn't but she hasn't been a punter's pal that's for sure so um, we, we can get it all back here in the last on Saturday uh, with way to go Paula interesting first starter for the for the team as well we've uh, teamed up with uh Aussie kick here. Uh, when you when you can't beat them, why not join them? Um, we've, we've got the joint colours going with uh, Count the Headlights, a two-year-old that we bred, and uh, Aussie and a few of his mates have jumped in with uh, Kieran Maher and, and uh, Team Eustace and um, uh, Count the Headlights, uh, ext- extremely well-named uh, two-year-old I'm Invincible Colt having his first start out of a mare called Tani Dancer. Count the headlights on the highway. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. Uh, anyway, that's a um, it's a funky, uh, funky racing silk standard combination too. I'm just having a look on Racing Australia. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks to um, thanks to Aussie and all the team to uh, to to join up with work with Mr. Quickie. That was the first horse that raced in the combined colours with Wiley Dalziel. So hopefully uh, this horse can go on to Group One glory as well. He's a talented colt. He won his trial last start. Um, he's uh, he's sitting around the five dollar mark in most markets, and um, he can run really well in that two year old race. Um, it's always hard to draw a line. There's some talented horses there, but um, I think uh, I think he should run really well, and we're we're pretty excited excited about him so um fingers crossed for a result there with the uh the couple well one in the rosemont red and one in the part red and uh aussie colors as well pretty quiet weekend for moody racing one runner at flemington on friday afternoon rapid racing race two number two daytona bay impressive first up winner um straight track always scares the hell out of me you don't know if they're going to handle it or not but he's a cult with very good ability and I expect him to run very well. And he's certainly my best for the weekend. Uh, outside of that, we've got a European uh, import uh, running uh, at the Valley Race 7, horse number eight, Red Kelly. He's an interesting horse. He's prepped up well. I think he's a horse of nice ability. I think he's, he's certainly going to be best suited at 2,000 metres plus. But, uh, you know, these imports can sometimes pull one out fresh. And uh, he seems to be prepping up very nicely. So uh, Daytona Bay, the best of mine. Red Kelly, maybe a rough each way hope, throw him in a quaddy uh, there late at the Valley on Saturday. So uh, pretty quiet race weekend. Uh, looking forward to it and uh, seeing if we can earn a dollar somewhere. But more importantly, what do we do, boys? We let fast horses run fast. Let broke it.